Uh, hi, you're on Club Bant and Rant. My name is T.Y. Uh, this weekend saw us experience a whooping 27 goals across two match days. Uh, the weekend started with a fascinating game at Villa Park where uh, Unai Emery's men completely demolished Brighton by staggering six goals to one. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, Oli Watkins was at the center of it all. He seemed to have found his scoring form from uh, last week. And uh, you see, I, I feel like the Premier League just has um, a demographic that it follows because um, over time, Unai Emery has proven to be one of those managers and seemed to know how to uh, beat uh, the Serbi. So going into that game, I wasn't really expecting you know so much from Brighton, even though they've been off to a flying start. But uh, sadly for them, it was a Saturday to uh, forget. 6-1 loss in that one and uh, Brighton were a shadow of themselves. Uh, you know, really started the week well for uh, some of us casuals. It was a really uh, intriguing game. And uh, later on that day, we saw Arsenal, uh, you know, blew four past Bournemouth. Coming into that game with all the um, circumstances surrounding the availability of squad, uh, it was rumored that Sanchez, um, I beg your pardon, the Saka would have been absent due to injury, but he was surprisingly in the starting lineup along with Declan Rice. And uh, they went on to blow four past Bournemouth, really keep a flying start. And it was particularly important for them to bounce back, you know, emphatically like that, considering... Uh, the game and the point they lost uh, the other weekend against Tottenham Hotspur. Luton, Luton finally got their first win of the season away to Everton. Uh, it was a really interesting one there. Marcus Morris continued with his um, goal-scoring form and it was important for them to get their first win that took them out of the uh, relegation spot as at the time of this report. Uh, Manchester United, you know, it's gone back to losing and sadly we are now losing at the Old Trafford went down by a goal and could not recover against Crystal Palace uh, really sad one there and Newcastle Newcastle have kept momentum you know went on to win four games in a row and kept clean sheets as well especially uh, after the sad you know run that they have where they lost three games in a row and Newcastle uh, Isak had a goal there and uh, you know they've really been keeping momentum West Ham as well won 2 0 against Sheffield United. Uh, Sheffield, on the other hand, haven't seemed to have uh, found a way out yet. You know, they've been giving away points and taking really goals, leaking in goals. They considered it the other weekend, and uh, it's just what it is. And uh, some of the big stories for this weekend include uh, Wolves. Wolves won uh, the league leaders by two goals to one. It was really an interesting game. And, you know, if you really keep taps the way that um, Wolves and Manchester City have performed over the last couple of seasons when they play each other, you would agree with me that, you know, that's a game that you can expect anything from it. And that was exactly what the situation was. Uh, Manchester City conceded by Ruben Diaz's own goal very early into that game. And, you know, they couldn't really recover uh, all through the end of the first half. And, you know, it was what we spoke about last weekend when I said that um, sometimes it's important for you to keep to keep certain leads at certain points in games. Because when you are going into the dressing room, say, for instance, you're one up, the, your coach is definitely going to be giving you a whole new set of directives, you know, different from when you would have been going into the dressing room, you say, for instance, drawing or even being from a losing position. And I think that was exactly what the case was because... Coming into the second half, I felt like, you know, Wolves really settled well and uh, they were just 
they found a way to uh repel all of Manchester City attack. But yeah, Julian Alvarez, whom I feel like has been City best player this season, uh went on to equalize by a stunning free kick in just about the half hour mark. And for a moment there it seemed like you know City were back in the game. But uh, the went on to concede again. Uh, Huang He Chan got the winner there, and uh, Manchester City fell to their first defeat of the season. And uh, you know, the uh, last game for that day, Tottenham Hotspur, uh, really interesting game there with uh, lots of controversy and talking point. Uh, but Tottenham got the edge there with a 2-1 win against a nine-man Liverpool. Yeah, it was a really interesting game. You know, coming into that one, um, from last week, we spoke about how important it would be to see how, you know, Liverpool can respond to uh, the fact that they are playing this really top teams consecutively. And uh, I was particularly, um, you know, watching out for that one. And it started really well. You know, um, I feel like, even before the red card, uh, both teams played really well. Tottenham had their chances. They settled well, really well into the game. Um, in the last couple of seasons, we know that Tottenham seemed to, you know, have found their playing rhythm, especially when they are at the Tottenham Stadium. So it wasn't really... Um, it wasn't really so much of a surprise, per se, to see how well they um, settled in that game. But sadly, uh, it changed really fast for Liverpool when Curtis Jones, in my opinion, I think he got an unfair red card, especially when you consider that, um, you know, the thing about this decisions are when the referees go to, you know, watch the board for VAR, I feel like one of the most unfair things that can never happen is when the VAR play the replay in slow motion. Because I, I tell you, slow motion makes everything look um, worse than it actually was. Um, I think that what happened is uh, Curtis Jones, you know, made a tackle for the ball. But sadly, yeah, his boots uh, landed on top of the ball. And, you know, that made him slit. And then it now seemed like uh, he was going for the tackle. But it is what it is. And Curtis Jones was sent off very early in that game. And, you know, surprisingly, Liverpool still kept momentum. And they got a goal disallowed in the 34th minute i feel like um, that was you know um, we're going to come back to that later because uh, there's a lot of talking point about that one but uh you know it was disallowed and then Huming son went on to score only two minutes later i kept his flying start into the new season on that angay postacolo uh, and uh, you know and regardless liverpool still set to really well they go go you know just at the die minutes in in the first half go go by Gakpo. even though it was a goal that you know he sacrificed his knee for because uh he went out injured after that one but yeah he got a go and uh for a moment it felt like liverpool was still gonna hold their own and and that was what it was like you know a, a large part of the second half um saw liverpool really set up well i feel like um tottenham still tottenham they may have won the game but they'll be feeling like we didn't really do a, a well because when you go you know 10 man at home at a big game like that uh your fans want to see a situation where you completely dominate and that wasn't exactly the case in my opinion i felt like liverpool settled really well and, and uh for a large part of the game it was looking like they were gonna hold their own even when they went another man down only in the 70th minute where jota in my opinion again another unfair red card i feel like the first um circumstance only the other minute um you know with odogi yes he may have you know made a careless tackle but 
It's sad because I feel like when I saw the replay, uh, he didn't really touch Udogi. Udogi tripped on himself and he was given a yellow card. And, you know, it's really sad that uh, um, I feel like, you know, he's going to be really disappointed for that one because uh, in, that, in that kind of game, you know, it's normal when you're chasing the game like that. You, you, you want to take tackles, you want to break... Uh, your opponent's play but it was really careless to do that consecutively you know he went on to get the red card only one minute later and and at that point Liverpool were uh, nine men on the pitch you know two men down it was it was looking like it was going to be impossible for them to get anything from that game but I tell you they really held it down up until the 96th minute Pretty much the last kick of that game, you know, where uh, Solomon sent in a cross and uh, Joel Matip. I, I, I can't imagine how he would be feeling right now, you know, especially considering everything they put into that game. It was just uh, really unfair. But yeah, Tottenham continued their flying start to the season. Uh, a win against Liverpool, really big win there, especially when you consider that that win handed Liverpool their first loss in over six months. Yes, you heard that correctly. Liverpool have been really doing well um, lately and um, it was sad to see them lost uh, under that kind of circumstances. Yeah, and uh, you know, regarding that game, like I said, we're going to come back and touch on it. Um, it. It was really sad because uh, when the goal went in, you know, Salah held the ball, made that pass um, into uh, Luis Diaz. And, and and then he he went on to score a really incredible goal, and uh, at that point you know Var were doing all the check and all, and we were watching on the TV, and it was surprising to note that, you know usually we are used to the fact that when we are watching a Var replay, we are expecting you know either one of these two, a green line or a red line. And uh, in that case, we didn't get any line. The only thing we saw was that the referee pointed to the you know pointed to the linesman and said he was off and all that. And at that point, it, it, it seemed like, well, it was the right decision. But um, just at the end of the game, uh, the Premier League um, referee committees came out to put up a statement where, you know, they accepted complete responsibility. And 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 they said, you know, um, that it was a human error that should have um, led to a goal. Uh, it was a goal and all that and all that and all that. And that they were going to apologize and it's just really crazy because over um, over the weekend, um, you know, football fans all over the world have been um, really vocal about this issue. Um, it's really interesting to note, and I think it's commendable that because of this situation now, I feel like um, a lot of fans are coming together. We're seeing Manchester City. Um, Chelsea, Man United supporters, Arsenal, everybody's coming out to say, no, this is wrong and this needs to be checked. Uh, it's seeming like it's now a norm. Um, every other week, there's some controversy or the other. I mean, in a league that's as competitive as the Premier League, um, I feel like these small margins are really important because, for instance, I mean, you know, Liverpool taking the points from that game, for instance, or even going on to win because you and I know that it's possible. You know, you're going a man down and then you're scoring a couple of minutes later. It puts you on a mental edge, especially when, you know, you have a team that's as good as Liverpool and, and, and you know, a coach as experienced as club. It puts you on a mental edge because now you are a man down, but you are leading. So at that point, you can decide to play safer. And I don't think that if they had gotten that goal, you know, they would have gotten the red card because they they probably would not have been in that kind of desperate fix. So 
that completely changed the whole narrative for that game. You know, they went on to lose, break their um, record for a six-month streak of not losing a game. You know how important that would have been for their confidence. And all of this, I think it's understandable why Liverpool have also put out a statement that, you know, they are going to... um, they are going to try to see, you know, how um, they can make sure that they're uh, following the rules and the laws of the game, that they can get whatever they can get. And it made, you know, it got me thinking. And I was wondering, um, should Liverpool be contended with an apology? I, I think not. You know, especially when you consider that the whole essence of VAR is supposed to be, um, you know, to minimize human error. And it's really crazy because, uh, you know, I was having this chat with a friend the other day um, when I had a result, you know, um, against me. Um, I'm speaking precisely about the uh, offside goal, the disallowed goal, um, Ganacho's disallowed goal uh, at the uh, Emirates. Um, and, you know, it was like, guy, relax. It's It was an offside and he, he kept on hammering on how it was impossible for technology to, you know, make that kind of mistake. And, you know, it was just really crazy because now seeing PG Mo coming to uh, put up a statement and saying that, yes, that there was a human error. It only goes to show that even if the uh, technologies are run by robots or machines, definitely it's still the, it's still a human that, that needs to put in, you know, the inputs. And... I feel like that just explains everything. So you you cannot tell me that um, technologies don't make this mistake when it's still clearly a human that put that imputes the information that you know they want the uh, technology to uh, declare, and it's just crazy because um, like I said, a couple of a whole lot of fans are coming out and they are saying um, you know that that it's too much and that they demand more and and I feel like. You know, it might sound extreme, but I feel like Liverpool should not be accepting just an apology. And why I feel this way is because there's really so much at stake. You might argue that the season is still young and there are lots of games to recover. But when you play in the Premier League, you know, especially against some of the best teams in the world, it's really going to be down, it's really going to, be down to these small margins. Hear me out. Hear me out. I feel like Liverpool should be giving that goal and they should be sharing the points that they end. I think the birds agree with me too. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I, I honestly feel like Liverpool should be taking a point because uh, we got a result, you know, by we, I mean Manchester United. One time we played Brighton. And, you know, the game had ended. I'm sure a lot of you remember this one. And, you know, the game was recalled after full time. And we were made to play a penalty that eventually won us the game by two goals to three. I don't see the difference in this um, scenario. I mean, it might be a few days away, but it's still after full time. Um, so if if they could call back that game and, you know, make, make us take that penalty and win that game... I, I feel like they they should call back the game and then give the goal or, or whatever. Let everybody go home with one point because they 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 end it. But whatever you know would happen for um, that situation in in the next couple of days, uh, I'm sure 
we would you know um understand clearly because um like i said at the moment liverpool uh you know they are going through all the right sporting channels and they're trying to see what they can get um out of that one and uh, on sunday there was only one game uh um, nottingham forest played host to brentford where they drew 1-1 and you know it was really telling of the kind of mentality that nottingham forest are building uh, last season it was funny you know they got a lot of banter about the number of their squad and funny thing is this season it, it feels like that's the identity that they want to put out because you know they went out to um have a couple of additions as well and uh it was really important to see them take a point especially when you consider that uh it was a game that um statistically was not looking like it was going to be in their favor uh they got a goal disallowed in the first half and then went on a man down uh very early in the second half where they conceded and you know just the resulting free kick from the red card they considered. I, I, at that point, trust me, you know, when you're playing against a team like Thomas Franks, Brentford, um, f- you need to be um, really mentally strong. Otherwise, they are definitely going to blow past you. And, you know, it was important to see that they kept their cool in that game to end a point. Uh, they continue to st- um, a stable start this season. And, you know, even though it's just um, eight game weeks in, it's looking like they are definitely not going to be in contention for relegation especially when i tell you and yes nottingham forest currently sits uh, 11 on the table with eight points just behind manchester united on nine point and in 10th position there and uh, you know which brings me to uh the conversation the sad conversations we have to have about manchester united is really sad because um you know over the last few years last couple of seasons we know we've not really doing done well per se but um we've pride ourselves with the fact that we can grind results keep clean sheets you know take points especially at home where um until recently we were not losing and uh it's just really sad i, I know injuries you know have played a large part of their own role too because last season uh, we had players like lisandro martinez you know we saw um how much he put in how much work he put into the defense um we had david de here that you know constantly made saves crazy i mean he you know we know that the is um a natural born short stopper and he did really play love roles uh for us last season and it was evident in his 18 clean sheets and you see i felt like that was a large part of why we were successful per se last season because um we could keep clean sheets and and we could grind results you know moments of individual brilliance and we we'll just win games by one nil and so forth on and so forth but in 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 this season now we have a defense you know that's not really our first team defense we've had to really shuffle a lot um, at the moment i think we are we're having a starting back four of uh, you know Varane and Lindelof and and Lindelof the thing with Lindelof is I feel like him and McTominay have this thing similar about their game where they are they do amazingly well when you bring them on later on to, you know, hold out game or but you know, when they start to start games, they start to play lots of minutes, you start to see that they are shaky and it's been the case for him. And so when you consider that, especially yeah, with a new goalkeeper in front of um, a new back four, uh trying to give directives uh, is just really crazy and you know it's sad that um now we are starting to lose games at home we've gone on to lose um two consecutive games at old trafford and i tell you we are um in a bad place i mean it's okay to be optimistic but you know when even in your optimism you still need to tell yourself uh 
you still need to tell yourself what it is and at the moment it's really lonely for us um i, f- I feel like in all honesty there's almost no chance for us to qualify for the champions league um as a fan and a supporter i hope that i'm wrong but you know looking at the statistics before us yeah, it's, it's looking that way especially when you consider that you know aside from uh, liverpool manchester city and arsenal there are um, also a couple of teams that seem to be doing well and taking points and you know it's really going to be important to see how we can you know keep our cool and uh recover um sadly it's not looking uh, juicy in the nearest future uh the the champions league games uh, because this week we're going to be having um champions league games and uh even though we're playing at the Old Trafford, it would have been a good game, you know, to say, yeah, we, we, we would um, recover. But, you know, there are some statistics that tell you not to be too hopeful. And, and yes, it might just be um, superstition, but yes, we do know that football is a lot about statistics. And we see uh, these situations play, the scenarios play out over and over again. And I'm speaking about the fact that we are going to be playing a Galatasaray side in the Champions League who, you know, seem to have really found their rhythm uh, in the in the lo- in the local league they've been playing really well taking points and, and there are just some other small more excepts to that game that when you put two and two together you would agree with me that you know there's cause for some worry uh the istanbul manager you know remember in 2020 21 season where we lost uh but to Istanbul and we were out of the Champions League yeah the manager for that game is now the manager for the current Galatasaray squad yes and then uh, Angelino Angelino the former Leipzig player um at that time he was also uh, the left back that scored the opener in the game uh, that knocked us out in the Champions League and he currently plays for Galatasaray now and that's not all Zaha William Zaha we all know he loves to score a goal against us he plays for Galatasaray now and he just scored his first goal for them in their last game so when you look at all these dynamics and you know usually in spite of all this we would have said um but we are playing at home at Old Trafford yeah, you see, and that's the sad part now. It doesn't even really matter anymore. We are losing games at OT. And like I said, it's just really lonely for us um, at the moment. Um, whatever it is, we'll see how we can respond in the next couple of games. But like I tell you, there's really um, little to hope for. And uh, moving on to stories across other leagues. Uh, last week, on last week's episode, we spoke about a couple of issues happening. And to give you feedback on that one, Victor Osimen, uh, shortly after our publication, uh, we also learned that he had, you know, put together a meeting where he uh, apologized to the whole squad and uh, he explained himself. And uh, that was some really big moves right there. Um, but I still feel like, you know, even though both parties are handling the situation professionally well, it's evident that there's still some rift, especially when you consider that um, as at the time of last reports to this moment, Napoli have had a total of three, maybe four penalties, yeah? And uh, Victor Osimhen has shied away from all of them. And it, I, I feel like it just goes to, to say that there's still some rift there, but whatever it is, we hope that both parties can continue to um, handle it professionally well and uh, you know get the best out of the situation 
And uh, we also spoke about the fact that um, Neymar was having a, a struggling start and uh, his slow start continued for Al Hilal over the weekend where he missed a crucial penalty. Yes, and you know, I feel like, um, to be honest, I feel like Neymar's problem might be, you know, the fact that he, he tends to take things very lightly. And he... he, he I'm just saying from my own perspective, it may it seem as though he's you know he is coming under the assumption that it, the 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 Saudi league is supposed to be extremely easy for him, because um I did watch the replay for the penalty and I tell you it's one of those you know those is things where he tries to uh, be too fancy and instead of just hitting the ball into the net. And, you know, the sad thing is they went on to drop a point in that game. And I feel like you can now start to understand, you know, the whole criticism uh, regarding this performance and all. But um, whatever it is, we hope that he can find his flying, his boots flying again so he can give something for uh, his team. Uh, moving on to uh, other league in the Serie A, we saw uh, Inter Milan blow four uh and at the moment you, you know it, it it just emphasizes what i was speaking about uh on earlier episodes where i said that the Serie A this season is looking like there's you know nobody capable of competing with um inter milan for the title in the long run yes because uh even though they currently sit joint top with uh ac milan when you you know, watch the way both teams have played. I feel like Inter Milan have been really, re- really dominant in um, a lot of games. And especially when you consider that Inter Milan have also, you know, taken a maximum points from a really big games. The other day, we saw how the Blue Five passed a really good AC Milan team. So, um, I feel like uh, Lautaro Martinez, he's finally really settling into the team. Uh, the responsibility of the captain, you know, might be... Uh, you know, might be a reason for why this is happening because he's been off to a, a flying start. In that game against Salelitana, yeah, he was uh, rested and was only brought in later on the second half, you know, and then he came on to score or open four goals and Inter Milan won by four goals to nil. Really crazy there. Uh, earlier that day, uh, Napoli blew four past uh, a really good Lecce side. Lecce have been really terrific, I tell you, and it's evident, you know, in their position uh, prior, prior to that game they were uh 11 point and they sat fourth you know but you know after the game and the loss they slid down to seven but they still have 11 point which is really a good fit for Leche. and you know playing against the defending champions is always going to be difficult and you know napoli are a really good side you can't take anything away from them uh, you know and, and that's what it is uh ac milan as well AC Milan uh, won against Lazio. Uh, over the years, it seemed like, you know, AC Milan just seemed to know how to beat Lazio, especially at home. Uh, it was the case in that game as well, where Pulisic continued with his terrific start to the season. He's been scoring goals, uh, and, you know, you just start to wonder what the issue was. Maybe sometimes it's important for players to make these transfers, you know. Sometimes you just seem to go to a system that starts to work for you, and... Uh, that is the case with uh, Pulisic. He's been scoring really important goals and helping AC Milan take points. And uh, that was the case there. And 
in the La, La Ligas where we saw Barcelona, you know, slit one cheeky goal past Sevilla on Friday night. And the talking point from that game was uh, particularly uh, Ramos. He scored the own goal and it was really pathetic, especially because in, um, in the pregame presser, yeah, he spoke about how it would have been uh, nice for him to get a goal against Barcelona. You know, uh, the, the coach was just trusting him with his first start. And though he spoke about how it would be nice to get a goal, but that primarily he would be more uh, particularly, uh, uh, you know, particular about keeping a clean sheet as his defender. And uh, for a large part of that game, I feel like, you know, uh, Sevilla coming from a 5-1 emphatic win the other weekend, uh, they kept their cool and they were playing really well and responding to um, Barcelona advances really well. You know, but um, sadly, sometime late into the second half, uh Yamin Lamal, the Barcelona uh, Barcelona wonder kid that has been doing terrifically well on that wing, you know, uh, he sending a pass and sadly Ramos uh, scored an own goal and then reports started to, you know, emanate from that game and uh, I saw a really interesting story and uh, I saw a video, um, you know, many years ago when uh, Ramos was coming onto the pitch and, you know, Lamin, Lamar was his uh, mascot and it's really crazy how, you know, football evolves and, you know, that's what it is. Barcelona continued their flying start to uh, the new um, La Liga campaign and, you know, they held the top one spot until later on the next day when uh, Real Madrid, Real Madrid, yes, against Girona, and you know, Hirona is they've been a really good side this season. I felt like they built from last season's momentum. I call them the La Liga Brighton. I feel like that's the perfect that's the perfect um, way to just explain how well they, they they've been playing. And, and uh, until this loss on uh, on Sunday, Hirona were on to a flying start. And you know, especially because Real Madrid were just coming from. Um, uh, a loss against um, Atletico the other day. It was important to see how they were going to bounce back. Um, Vinicius, yeah, he's back from injury and, you know, it was important to see how they were going to play, especially against a team as good as Hirona away from home. And uh, I felt like they really settled well. You know, they scored really early, scored early and then they dominated the game for most parts. And uh, it was evident in their 0-3 win, you know, that the result took them back to uh, the top of the uh, La Liga table and we'll be keeping tabs on that one. Uh, the Premier League, you know, the, the Premier League continues to be um, interesting. At this point, I feel like uh, every weekend is, you know, causing um, a shift. Uh, this weekend, we saw five shifts across positions on the table. Uh, Luton, Luton with the win. Uh, the first win against um, Everton, really important, really, really big win. I'm telling you, especially you know when you consider that the fact that you know that win took them out of a relegation position for the first time this season. And you know the good thing is that they're playing Burnley next, a team like Burnley, whom they seem they should you know know how to play, especially because they're just you know um, they were just in a season in the championship season together. It's important to see how they're going to bounce back uh, in the next couple of games. And, but really, it was a really big win against Sean Dyke's side, I'm telling you. And, and that's what it is. And it just goes to, um, sh- it just goes to show you that at, at this point now, the, um, the Premier League is at that point where 
every single week causes a shift you know which is why i expect that liverpool fans will be really hot about the whole circumstances for this one because a draw would have put them in a completely um, different um, place as regards points and position on the table you know and also um would have kept them flying with that confidence or you know going away to tottenham and uh keep taking the points even when you're two man down i i, I can't imagine the kind of confidence that they would have had you know moving on from that game but um you see last week we did speak about how important it would be to see how liverpool can respond in the next couple of games especially and uh, sadly even though their response was quite well when you consider how good they played but um, on the point side of things uh, it's a loss and it's a big three points lost and so now I'm, I'm i'm starting to really think and you know i'm i'm in my head i'm thinking well maybe i still need to watch and maybe we still all need to watch for um, a few more weeks to get the clearer picture uh you see arsenal you know bounce back from that draw i call it a bounce back because you know for a large part of that game it felt like they should have won so it was important for them to bounce back against a team you know that's good as burning out and they did it emphatically well and now it's starting to look like um okay manchester city on this other hand you know that they, they had a flying start earlier um it feels like things are beginning to go downhill for them because when you lose games in a row you see the thing about losses is it does something to you mentally that, that's why coming into that game i was skeptical because they were coming from a loss against newcastle and i'm telling you in most cases we've seen it over and over in most cases you know those kind of losses tend to carry over into your next game and you start to lag and i feel like that was the case um Haaland was kind of sloppy against the mass the, the match versus wolves and coming from a loss to newcastle and then losing to wolves when you look in the shortest future and you see that your next fixture is a team like arsenal away i i think manchester city right now they they, they need to be concerned you know i i feel like they really need to be concerned because uh i know over the season they've proven to uh, be one of the sites that seem to know how to play and beat arsenal but i feel like the the the, uh, the dynamic is a little different in this case being that uh manchester city have a couple of important players that are missing over the past season we see how important kevin de bruyne has been usually in the games uh, against arsenal and uh, he's still sidelined to injury and sadly uh just the game is coming at a time where manchester city uh, you know are coming from two losses and uh, Haaland seemed to maybe we could say that he has um you know maybe forgotten his scoring boots and uh, i'm sure arsenal fans will be hoping that he doesn't find it in that game uh, it, it will be really important to see how they can respond uh the game next weekend is going to be really really important in my opinion um liverpool will play in 
uh, away to Brighton. And it's important to see how, you know, both sides coming from a, a series of losses. We, we want to see how they want to respond. Um, Brighton, in the last couple of seasons, uh, have proven to be a stumbling block for Liverpool. They seem to know how to beat them. And Liverpool, I feel like they'll be coming with, um, you know, the whole anger, the whole pent-up frustration from the last game. And they will be trying to, um, you know, make a point in that one. So, uh, the next weekend is going to be really important to see how most teams would re- recover. Uh, Manchester United as well will be playing against Brentford. Uh, I feel like Brentford might be, uh, you know, with say a depleted confidence per se. Uh, if they are not as good as they were last season, you know, with the situation surrounding uh, Ivan Tony, even though Umbremo, you know, stepped up. At the beginning of the season and you know he took point and i feel like you know he's starting to slow down a little bit at this point usually uh maybe some other kind of player like tony would have stepped up but at the moment you know it's evident that um Mbremo is struggling and it's evident in the fact that he's not had a goal contribution in his last three premier league games and you know coming to uh, old trafford against the manchester united side i feel like you know they have something to prove and they have something to um, fight for uh, i i honestly don't think that the possibility of uh, you know Thomas Frank getting points at Old Trafford is there but whatever is the case we'll see how that one uh, goes and uh, you know it's just uh, what it is and you know the the, the, the the Premier League has proven over time to be uh, really competitive and it's really it seems like it's going to go down to the wire this time and you know that's what it is and uh you guys know that um, if you're first time listener, um, it's always a culture for us in every episode uh, to uh, shout out to uh, uh, top performing members of our um, fantasy Premier League group. Yeah, we have a fantasy Premier League group where we play for uh, fun and banter. And on every week's episode, we shout out to a top performer, you know, as a means to just um, encourage them. And uh, for... For this um, week, particularly uh, our top performer, even though there's still one game left, but you know, looking at the team, I'm um, looking at the players. There's, there's, I, I don't think much can change. So, uh, at the moment, it's safe to say that uh, our top performer for uh, this week is uh, Saint Jude. Yeah, uh, Saint Jude. Uh, he, um, he, he, he manages. Uh, okay, I beg your pardon. The manager is Swavy Swavy, and yes, Swavy manages the Saint Jude, and uh, they perform with the whooping sixty-six point uh, for the. I beg you. I just went into his team now, and I just saw something. Uh, Anderson is on the bench with 15 points, and uh, I I know he's going to come in for Chilwell at the end of the game week. So if you put 15 to uh, 66, that's what. That's whooping 81 points. Wow. So yeah, Swavy Swavy would end the week with 81 points and that puts him on the top performing list uh, for this weekend in our fantasy group. And not just that, it took him two spots up the table and he currently sits on 14. Uh, wishing you all the best there, bro. Whatever is the case, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you, th- we 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 um we would continuously and always be uh, eternally grateful to you guys that continue to inspire us to put together episodes every week and, and uh, we want to thank you and we do not take your support for uh, granted a big shout out to our producers free smoke podcast network 
thank you for all that you continue to do uh don't forget guys always stay hydrated and exercise regularly thank you for hanging with me see you next week